Hayes podcast. Uh, tonight we are um, in under curfew, shelter in place, all kinds of craziness, rioting, um, looting, fires. Uh, hopefully no one dies during this podcast. But anyway, Mike, how you doing tonight? Uh, you know, I have been better. Uh, I, I will say, you know, I, I think you're definitely downplaying what's going on uh, in the middle of this pandemic. Uh, we also have a major, uh, basically national and now international protest going on uh, around the killing of, I think, yet another uh, black person uh, in not even, I guess we'd say in police custody. Um, and at this point, uh, all the major cities have seen riots for the past at least five days. Uh, they have, there has been obviously massive looting, but uh, they've been setting a lot of stuff on fire. Uh, and now the protests have moved international too. My brother's in London, uh, and they were having protests in the UK. Uh, so it's um, it, it's different out there now. Uh, it is. It's really they're really testing. Uh, I think uh, it, they they're really testing. Uh, I think the bounds of what people can handle uh, at this point, because the protesting is certainly going to more than likely also. Uh, increase the COVID situation. And so it oh, might yeah. be just a, a tough spiral. Uh, and frankly, I, I, it's really, it is really hard for me to kind of know what to do out there at this point. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, we're, we're just, uh, we're just enduring. If I'm being honest, I'm just enduring. It's, uh, I think there are so many downstream effects from, from all of this that like, I, I just, this has been like the perfect storm of the worst series of events um, that we could have as a nation. And I believe that, you know, if we had um, the right kind of leadership, um, some of this stuff could have been curtailed, but we are where we are. And it's not to say that the leadership is, we, we are where we are. And so unfortunately, um, I think that this is going to create some um, major issues for us down the road. I think the second wave that we've been talking about uh, is probably going to hit us a lot sooner than we what we expected. Um, I think that there are going to be a number of things that happen as a result of the looting and the property damage and all that that we um, that that send small business owners into kind of a tailspin even more than what we were experiencing before, but I mean, you know, uh, we were, we were ripe for some disruption for some, um, uh, market forces to kind of move us out of that prosperity era, that, that, that bull market. So here we are. I mean, also, I mean, let's, let's, let's just start off and I don't want to be, I, I, as much as this is definitely a financial podcast and that's to be our focus, uh, you know, the, the recent situation is a real tragedy. And at the end of the day, it's not even about uh, the finances, but the challenges that we're facing as a people. Uh, and I think the response that we received from the president was uh, not great. The response from the attorney general in Minnesota was not great. Uh, and all of that, I think, led to what's happening now. And we're certainly here to talk about the fallout and the expected fallout, but uh, by no means we wanna minimize uh, the real tragedy and travesty that is, that is going on right now, certainly of justice, uh, to say the least. Uh, but the way these uh, protests are happening, 
uh, I definitely uh, have some empathy for the protesters, and I can certainly understand uh, the, the the frustration and the fury that certainly caused them folks to riot. Uh, that being said, I do think that, um, you know, fiscally, <laughs> this is a tough time for that to come up. I mean, it really just like, uh, I think if people were thinking about some sort of a V-shaped recovery, um, I do think setting fire to every national city in the United States uh, was hey, not great for that V-shape. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, not good for the V shape. We are we are on with the Nike swoosh. <laughs> you know, I think I think that might be the best case scenario. To be honest, that that might be the best case scenario, just given where we're at. I mean, right now there's no end to what these what's going on with these protests. And if, uh, for example, as our president says, he's going to call out the military. Uh, Lord knows what um, what that would mean for uh, what's going on again. I don't know if this is going to have a long-term effect, but it just it just feels like there are a lot of things coming on top of 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 of, of COVID and on top of staying at home for two months and unemployment being at twenty uh, percent plus and uh, millions of folks either furloughed or, or just starting to come back to work. It just it just feels like. I have never been in an economic situation that looked like this. And so far, for some reason, this economy still seems to be extremely resilient. But I literally, I have no, I don't understand it. And I think part of it is the government subsidizing literally everyone with uh, unemployment benefits that are uh, better than, I think, the, the, the median wage. Uh, and I think that that's been a huge boost. But that expires, in, I believe, at the end of June. So um, I do think that we're going to see uh, what's going to happen here uh, in the next, uh, you know, 30, 60 days. Um, on top of the, you know, the issues that we're certainly seeing on that side, I do think that there's going to be some major economic upheaval that we're going to have to figure out uh, how, to, how to adjust to. I, I mean, I don't think the protests will be a new normal, but I also don't think they're going to stop tomorrow. Well, we are, for us today on June 1st, we are officially in the Bay Area under a curfew. So as of 8 o'clock tonight, uh, we are officially at home until 5 a.m. Um, in some some areas and counties, it's uh, indefinitely, um, which I mean, that means probably about a week, but uh, some areas it's maybe a day or two. But I mean, this is this is kind of that worst case scenario. And to just think about some of the things that we've yet to experience because of all the unemployment, uh, all of the other hardships that we're going to face probably in the next three to six months. Uh, this is just the, uh, this has got to be one of those years that we'll look at in history books, maybe 30, 40 years down the road and say, wow, how did we make it through that? No. Yeah. This will definitely rival the great depression. Um, because ultimately I think that the, the only, the weirdest thing about this though, is people seem really resilient, but I think part of what we're seeing in these protests is that, uh, it's coming out in some way or another. Right. And I think that ultimately what's driving a lot of these protests besides the obvious is that people have been in their homes for two months. People are facing a lot of economic uncertainty coupled with the fact that they just don't feel safe. Uh, you know, and in their interactions with police officers. I think all of that is just, you know, push people to a boiling point. 
And I really, I don't know where this goes. Uh, and I know I've been saying that like a broken record for the past few weeks, but I honestly don't know where this goes. And frankly, when I'm in a place that's this uncertain, I, I tend to pause. Now, that being said, and we can transition, uh, not everybody's pausing. <laughs> not everybody's pausing. Not everybody's pausing. Uh, real estate has been, has continued to be hot, uh, uh, certainly in my area here in Dallas. Um, uh, I was talking to Vincent sort of before we started this. Uh, a lot of the uh, the properties that have been renovated well and that are priced right are moving within seven to 10 days. They have multiple offers. Uh, nothing is really going over ask, but certainly things are going at list uh, and very quickly. Uh, so we're looking at, uh, I would say, uh, a real solid real estate market going into the summer. And again, I don't know how long it's going to last, but right now it is it is extremely solid. Uh, and to that end, <laughs> yeah. And to that end, uh, you know, I, I have a buddy uh, that is uh, decided he wanted to, to do a flip right now. Uh, and so I thought that uh, we could talk about that flip today uh, on the podcast um, because it's his first time ever doing a flip. Uh, and when he's finished, uh, I'm definitely going to have him on uh, to uh, talk to us about the experience uh, because I definitely think that it will be an interesting one. Uh, he's made a lot of choices. I think some that I agree with and some that I don't agree with. And we're going to talk through that. Um, but let me just set the scene. Uh, and then, Vincent, I want to kind of get your initial thoughts. So uh, my friend is buying a home for $122,000. It's in a, a pretty nice area. Uh, it's in a, certainly, I would say, um, uh, it's got good schools. Uh, it is still definitely a working class neighborhood. Uh, but it's, it's moving to the higher end of the working class neighborhood. So the average price point in his neighborhood is about 250. Uh, he's got a 1500 square foot home. Uh, the home has not been updated since probably the 1970s or eighties. Uh, it has, some. it has a little bit of a funky layout. Uh, the kitchen is a railroad type kitchen with no windows, no light. Uh, it has Currently has sort of two living two uh, living areas. Uh, one when you first walk in the house, then you kind of walk through this railroad kitchen. Uh, then you get to a second living area, uh, and then he has uh, it's three bedrooms, two bathrooms. Uh, the master is a very small master. Uh, it's got a it does have a bath, but the small bath. It's got a really tiny sink, uh, and uh, the ceilings of the master are eight feet. Uh, then the other rooms have regular ceilings, but they're, I mean, it's 1500 square feet. So they're normal size. Uh, and then the second bathroom is also small. Uh, and so, um, the, uh, I guess the, the other, I would say interesting element, uh, is that the backyard is, uh, filled with a massive pool. Uh, the pool is so big, it literally takes up the entire backyard. There's a little tiny sliver of a uh, cement area where you could probably put a grill uh, and maybe two chairs. Um, and, um, and so that is the, the, the flip. The pool is not working and um, it was really murky. So I think they had to drain it before they could get uh, a full assessment of the pool. Uh, it had a small foundation issue. Um, and um, so uh, let me pause right here and say, that's a scenario. Um, I don't want to give the address of the property out because he's still working on it now. We'll talk through the address uh, and hopefully when we have him on uh, and he talks about his experience. But 
that's the scenario that we sort of have. Uh, and so, Vincent, uh, you are the, the fix and flipper of the team. So tell me what you think. Uh, oh, let me just mention, bought it for 122 planning to sell it for anywhere between 225 and 250 I think based on the price per square footage in that market, 225 to 230 is probably the right price. Uh, I think the wild card is the pool. Uh, it's a smaller home at 1,500 square feet. Uh, and so most of the folks looking to buy that kind of a home are going to be a young, young family, uh, more than likely with one baby or maybe two babies. Uh, and I think that a lot of them are going to be scared off by the pool. Uh, so I think that that, while it could be a positive, could certainly also be a negative. Wow, that's a lot. Um <laughs> You I know, try be, I, I try to be descriptive, you know, for listeners who can't like see the property. I try to be as descriptive as possible. I think the the interesting thing is that he was able to get it for so cheap. The challenging thing is that um, he's got a foundation issue. And although it may be small, um, having to start to kind of play with the foundation um, could be an issue. But... Uh, from the looks of the pictures on this property, uh, or the the one picture um, that I'm looking at here, um, you, you, you're almost as close to sitting on a slab as you could possibly be. So it couldn't be terrible. So I'm going to, I'm going to give him that, you know, he's only going to have a small foundation expense. Um, but I think in order to kind of breathe some life into this thing, um, and I don't know what kitchens cost and, and all of that um, in, in Texas, but I feel like um, with, with inexperience, um, with, uh, there's, there's certainly going to be some indecision, I guarantee you, that happens in the midst of this, unless you're going to be kind of holding his hand. Um, 50 might be a little bit on the light side. Um, and I just hope that uh, once he completes this, because I think his timeline is kind of aggressive as well, um, that he's going to be in a situation where he can actually sell it and sell it for what he wants. I think the big challenges for me are, are probably the pool. And, but I, I think if I recall you here, uh, I recall hearing you, uh, correctly, um, there aren't major challenges with the pool. It's just a big old, big pool in, in the backyard. Well, we don't. So here's the thing. You don't actually know uh, right now. They don't know. Uh, they know the pump is working, but and they know the pool holds water. But I don't know if they've had someone do a full inspection of the pool. Uh, so I don't have that detail. I hope they have had somebody do a full inspection before they close. Uh, I could not get that detail. But what I can tell you is I can tell you sort of everything they're planning to do. And then I can sort of price it out in my mind for you. And then we can see kind of where we get to. So. Okay. Um, 1,500 square feet, they're going to be replacing all the flooring. So right now, there is tile flooring. It's uneven, so more than likely, they need to replace the subfloor uh, and the flooring. So 1,500 square feet, it's probably going to run them about $4,000, including installation, uh, and to get the subfloor leveled. I would say it's going to be about $4,000, uh, maybe, yeah, probably, probably $4,000, worst case scenario. What kind, what kind of flooring is this going to be? So they're going to put in uh, LVP, the luxury vinyl plank flooring, uh, okay. throughout the house, entire house. So no carpet. Uh, they, they did talk about carpet in the bedrooms, but frankly, I think 
LVP in that entire house is probably going to be a better option. Uh, and so I would price that at, uh, at 4000 For me, I'd price that at $4,000. Uh, and to me, I think that's even on that. That's probably okay. Uh, 5000 would be sort of worst case scenario. Okay. Then they're going to uh, move the kitchen. So the kitchen right now is sort of a railroad style kitchen. They're going to knock down a wall and they're going to put uh, in that sort of second living area, they're going to put the stove, the refrigerator and some cabinetry on that back wall, of the second living area, and then make sort of a, uh, a much, much wider kitchen uh, that gets light. Uh, it's bright. So they're going to knock down a the wall. They're going to put in all new appliances. They're going to put in new cabinets uh, and uh, new sinks, new all that. So, you know, I, I think that that's probably going to run them again to do it right. Uh, probably, uh, I would say seven to $10,000. Uh, now, this wall that they're taking out, is this yeah. uh, a load-bearing wall? No, no, it is nope. not a load-bearing wall. Right. Um, so uh, seven to $10,000. Uh, ultimately, I think uh, they're going to need to rerun um, electric. Uh, and I don't believe that. I think the stove is electric to begin with, so I don't believe they're going to have to run any natural gas over there. But they're going to have to rerun the electric. They're going to have to have all new cabinets built. Uh, they're going to have to obviously get new countertops. Uh, and then new appliances. Uh, so the cabinets, appliances, all that stuff. I think I think you're all in for that sort of new kitchen. Uh, let's just say seventy five hundred. Um, and so now seventy five hundred plus the four, they're a thousand. They're they're eleven hundred or eleven thousand five hundred. Right? I got them at fifteen, but go ahead. <laughs> so then, so then they're also going to have to paint the entire house. Uh, Fifteen hundred square foot house. Uh, you're probably at about two bucks a square foot. Uh, I'm guessing he's probably going to do this himself, but let's just put in another three grand for that. So yeah. that puts him at 14, right? So uh, in addition to that, um, I mentioned that the master bedroom has eight foot ceilings and it feels really all closed in. So they're going to do a, a number of sort of structural things. They're going to knock down a wall, non-low-bearing again, to extend the closet out a little bit. They're basically going to take the uh, pantry closet that's sort of in the hallway and just add that to the master closet. Uh, and then they're going to put on some glass doors. Uh, and then they're probably going to uh, definitely uh, redo the master bathroom. It's small, but they're going to need to, uh, I believe they're taking out the tub and putting in a shower. So um, I'm going to add another probably $4,000 onto that. So now I'm at fifteen five. Um, so I'm going to add another 4000 just for all of that stuff in the master bedroom, fifteen five. Uh, they're going to redo the second bathroom. I think you're uh, so actually gonna, at uh, eighteen five. dollars no, no worries. <laughs> We're going to get going. They're going to redo uh, the second master bathroom as well. Uh, again, that one, I believe they're going to leave the tub in. So they'll probably refinish the tub, uh, new sink, uh, new toilet. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, and obviously new light fixtures. I'm going to add another thousand dollars to that. Uh, so now I'm at 15, five. Uh, and then, um, on top of that, uh, they're going to, um, so I believe that is it for the inside of the house. So I think that's it. So the next part is where I think things get real, real tricky. 
So their backyard is a challenge. And they've got this pool that is currently not working. Uh, I believe they had the pump inspected. So I think the pump is okay. But I don't know what the liner looks like and other things. So I'm going to take my fifteen five and I'm going to add $5,000 just to get the pool to a better place. So now we're at twenty five. In addition, I think you're going to need to do something in the backyard to give some outdoor space. So I'm going to add another $1,000 for maybe an awning, uh, yeah, something that makes it just slightly livable uh, because just having a pool out there uh, for a young family is not going to be great. I mean, they, they will likely never use it. Uh, and if they do use it, uh, I think that you'll need to have a, it'll need to be fenced in. You'll need to have a full gate. Uh, so, you know what, I take my thousand, make it two. So, uh, now I believe I'm at, uh, 17, five, uh, and then you're going to need to add something out front, uh, to, uh, I would say enhance the front yard space since you have no livable backyard space. The front yard is pretty, pretty long, pretty big. Uh, so I would at least probably spend another thousand dollars out there to make it look livable. So I'd probably add a fire pit, uh, probably add some chairs or probably add something, maybe a, a tree swing. Something that makes it look livable. Uh, so I'm adding another thousand dollars for that. Um, then um, just going back to the backyard really quick. Uh, the pool is likely going to need a you know a thorough scrubbing and cleaning. I think I, I think I had to add five for the pool. So I'm probably all in now. Uh, you know fuzzy math. I'm probably at about twenty five thousand. And then I'm going to add another. Uh, the estimate for the foundation was fifty five hundred. Uh, I'm going to add uh, just 7000 on a blanket side. So I'm at 3200 uh, or 32000 uh, I'm going to add a 10% uh, contingency on top of that. So now I'm at 35000 So if everything goes perfect as I'm expecting and I find nothing else, uh, then I am good. I will say all of the major systems seem to be okay. Uh, they were not, they were old, uh, so they weren't brand new. Uh, I believe the, the furnace was, uh, 96. So that one is, uh, probably a little bit over 20 years old. So, you know, it's, it's getting, it's certainly the HVAC system is getting up in age and could be replaced. Uh, if you decide to do that, uh, you know, that's another probably four to five grand. So my 35 goes up to 40. Uh, and then um, I am sure they have to do something with the electrical. I don't know what. Um, so, you know, I feel pretty comfortable saying uh, just as a general swag after all of that, that I'm at probably 45. So I think, I think uh, off, all in 45 with contingencies and with uh, sort of even potentially replacing probably one major system. Uh, I'm all in at 45. So I'm taking the 122 that he's bought it for. I'm adding 45 to that. So I'm at 168. Uh, and then uh, let's just say he sells it for 225. Once you subtract all the... Uh, interest that you're going to pay on your hard money loan and the closing costs and commissions. You know, I, I think he legitimately can make thirty-five dollars to $40,000 off the property. So I said a lot, Vincent. So please step in and correct me where you think I'm wrong. So um, I, I tried to keep up with you and your numbers. Um, 
where I actually landed um, after everything that you said was 45,450. Um, okay. And so then where I landed with my own numbers was 52,450. Uh, and I am going to add an additional. Uh, okay. So I'm at 53,950. I added an additional probably 3% in experience fee. Um, so I think that um, 50, if, 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 if using uh, a good, if, if he's handy, if he can find a way to um, get the right people at a low cost, uh, maybe he gets a lucky break um, here or there. Um, I think 50 works in terms of renovation costs. Um, I think that um, the likelihood of that happening uh, is is probably slim to none. I think the other challenge is, is basically going to be the timing because uh, you've got a lot that you've got going on. And I think I recall you saying that the uh, estimated window of uh, renovation for this property is going to be five weeks. And yep. I would I would venture to say that it's probably going to be at least two months um, because there may be some downtime in between maybe a, a couple of pieces of work. Um, and are we doing this with a permit? I don't know. Um, it's Dallas, so... Uh, I don't believe the permitting is as serious, but it's a lot of work. And frankly, when you start tearing down walls, I got to think the kitchen probably requires a permit. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I, I think that this is, I think this is an aggressive uh, play for your friend, but I don't think it's, it's so aggressive that he can't come out of the other side uh, with some kind of win. Um, I think that after everything is said and done, I think uh, an estimate of probably 30K in terms of a return would likely be right. Um, just because I feel like um, uh, hopefully there won't be any softening of the market, but I just, I just think that there's, this is, it's, it's, it's ripe for some issues um, that he will experience and, or uh, he will over improve, uh, thinking that he can get even more or maybe a dollar or two more for some improvements. But I think this is this is one of those tricky um, reno uh, renovation projects that um, if you're uh, new to the game, this is probably about all that you can handle. Um, I think that you should in, in this situation, he should probably begin to start accepting the fact that it's going to take him at least two months. Um, he should, uh, try and, um, in, in Garland, Texas, where this is located, did, did they have any kind of shelter in place or anything going on? Uh, nope. We're, we are good to go. Uh, Garland, much like Dallas is pretty open at this point. Uh, so, uh, no, prior to, prior to now. Oh yeah. You... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we all, I mean, uh, we were all sheltered in place till about three, three weeks ago at this point. Okay. All right. So if we're two months away, yeah, he he might make it before a second wave hits. So I think I think the the reality is that um, this is a good project for him. I think he'll learn a lot. 
I think that there are probably going to be some unknowns that he'll, because we didn't talk about like opening up walls anywhere else uh, other than I think one bathroom uh, in the master. Uh, no, 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 no. It was uh, not the master bathroom. It was the other. Yeah, bathroom. it was the master because the master is where they're going to take the, turn the bathroom oh, or bath okay. into oh, a okay. shower. Yes, so that that's is right. going to okay. be. Yeah. I mean, so, I know that, that that'll that'll definitely be an open up wall is potential issue situation there, especially on a something that's like thirty or forty years old. Yeah, and so, um, like, hopefully, there's no mold remediation or anything like that that you got to deal with. But I think the, the 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 challenge when you start opening up walls and and making changes like that. Did we address the popcorn ceiling thing? Did we we we, we did mention that? I think I forgot to mention that that they are definitely removing the popcorn ceilings throughout the house. Uh, he got, I think, an initial estimate for twelve hundred dollars, uh, and I, I think it's going to cost more and take longer than he thinks. I think to remove it, it's probably going to be that twelve that he's thinking. But um, what's he going to do after that? Because once they scrape that down, you're going to have to kind of float it a little bit and then get it ready for paint. Well, no, that's um, the thing. I mean, I'm sure that, like that's why I think it's going to take a lot longer than he thinks. Because I think once they remove it, then you still have to completely sand it down. And then you have to repaint, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. to me, like that's not a short process. Like no. not only is it costly, but it's also uh, time. It's got very time consuming. Yeah, and so I think that that's probably going to be like a three thousand dollar expense versus and 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 I, I'm I'm just hoping that that's um, kind of Dallas prices. I know in in here in California, I would probably be looking at more like three thousand um, just to uh, have the ceiling um kind of resurfaced and sanded so we'll well, well and, you yeah. know i also i don't think he, i i don't think that he is also planning for the the contractor okie doke where they come in and they say oh this will be twelve hundred dollars and then uh you know two oh, days yeah. later whoo this is a lot longer than i thought yeah. uh, i didn't think it was gonna take this much time i'm having to bring extra guys in i'm gonna have to charge you two thousand dollars like that <laughs> that's also that's also i'm sure going to happen at least once uh, on at least one of the things that he's working on, just because that that is the standard practice in the industry. Because uh, I would imagine that once they start scraping that thing down, that in order for them to get to a good place, they're probably going to have to put some more mud on it, uh, then sand that, and then he's ready for paint. So and that right. and that takes that takes a lot of time because you got to let that stuff dry, and yep. you can't touch it until it's dry. You can't sand it until it's dry, and that's a few days. Well, in Texas, it, it could be maybe a day because it's so hot there. So, I mean, but still, there's time. Take, and then you've got to do all the the prep work to to. Yeah, there's. I just feel like uh, five weeks is is not going to be long enough. I think there's probably going to be. You might be closer to being uh, more accurate on this in terms of um, ten weeks, uh, but I think the cost probably. I'm. I was at. Uh, let's see. I had. I think. Fifty three nine fifty is what I had, and I added in an inexperienced fee, so I'm gonna stay right there. So I'm gonna say he's basically gonna be at fifty four grand. Uh, you didn't add anything for um, uh, oh wait wait a minute I didn't add anything for the scraping of the ceiling, so I'm adding another fifteen hundred. Right, so fifty five four fifty is what I got. So you yeah. got to add a little bit of something, so I, that's gonna put you right at fifty. Yeah, um, no, I think I'm probably right at fifty. And you know the the funny thing for me um, that I think is that ultimately. You know, this is his first project, and I think that he's handy. And I think the the upside and the downside of being handy is that 
you feel like you can do a lot of work. You're aggressive. You're very aggressive. But, but what happens is you you don't you don't think about the fact that you have to manage these people. And mm -hmm. so you're not going to be able to work while you're managing them. And, and ultimately, if you're at the property every day, because right now, I think, I believe he just got laid off. And I think that he wants to try to make this real, uh, or like a real business. He, he's actually a lawyer. Uh, he's a lawyer turned, turned flipper. Uh, and um, he's handy. So I think he wants to do a lot of work. And ultimately, I think that that's a double-edged sword because... A, uh, the work needs to look professional um, because I have toured the competition and they're definitely professional flippers in the market and they are turning out high quality products. Uh, so I'm talking in the 235 to 250 range, you've got uh, floors that looked immaculate, no subfloor issues. Uh, you had, um, actually you had both sort of textured and non-textured ceilings. Uh, so some had popcorn, some didn't. You had uh, fixtures that were certainly, you know, not 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 cheap, not cheap looking. Everything was granite or Corian or better, um, uh, you know. So these were not. I mean, you could clearly see that that all the flips that I looked at were done by professionals. They they were definitely not done by uh, a Mister Fix It kind of guy. And so I think that the two things that I think he may be underestimating, and the the two things that make me the most nervous is the fact that I think he plans to do a lot of the work himself. And I don't think that that's a wise idea just because there's going to be so much management, um, particularly with his tight time window. Uh, with his tight time window, he's going to need to schedule everything really well. And I just don't think that that's going to be possible, particularly in this environment. Um, I think in this environment, uh, as you mentioned, we're only kind of three weeks from the shelter in place order. I think there's a number of uh, complexities around getting people indoors. Um, I'm not even sure if you're going to be able to get multiple trades to sort of work together at the same time in the house, just given all the social distancing rules. Um, so, you know, I my, my worry is that I think this will definitely take uh, at least 10 weeks, maybe 12. Um, I, I think that um, he's going to wind up spending more time managing than he thinks uh, and ultimately, I think that that's going to slow the work down. Uh, and so to me, I think where where this goes sort of off the rails is that, um, you know, we're five weeks out. He's not where he needs to be. The hard money loan is ticking interest every day. Uh, mm -hmm. And he tries to do more work uh, versus kind of just hiring people um, and or hiring the cheapest people uh, with the feeling that he can kind of do all the work. I mean, I think this is one where... Um, uh, if I had this one, you know, I would call my team, uh, that I work with, um, and they're professional, they're not cheap, but ultimately I think they would give me a price that they would stick by. And I could probably, my, my guess is they'd probably quote me something like 45 to 50,000. I hire those guys. I'd let them GC it. And then frankly, I would just go to the property every day or every other day, just make sure that they're on top of it. Um, and I think my worry is that here, uh, because it's his first project, I think he's going to try to do too much. And um, either it comes out looking like he tried to do too much, so it doesn't look, it doesn't have that professional finish that all the other projects will have, which will obviously cost you in the sale. Um, and or it ends up taking way too much time because he has to micromanage and the trades are not uh, not going to respond as he, as he thought. So to me, those are the watch outs, not those are my worries. Um, ultimately, even with that, though, I think that there's still enough profit here. 
Um, and I, I think, you know, even if it takes two months, I do still think he'll make, you know, 20, you know, hopefully worst case, he'll make 15 to $20,000. Again, that assumes the market kind of stays where it is today. Okay. So I, I think the, the, the big thing that, um, that you've pointed out is that he thinks that he's going to be handy. And I think what's actually going to happen is one, you, you've already hinted that he would have to do more managing, but I think more than anything, he'll likely be in the way. Um, one of the things that I experienced early on trying to kind of be handy in my own flips, if you will, is that, uh, the thing, the, the inexperience that I had, um, showed very quickly. And the best thing that I could hope for is like putting on maybe an outlet or a, a, a switch or something like that, where somebody says, all right, you can go do that in this corner and just stay out of the way. And that's about all he's going to be able to do. And, okay. and you, but the, the, the good thing for him is, is that he'll be able to, as he's managing the project, he'll be able to learn some things and maybe on his not next one, but probably the third one, he'll be able to actually participate and have a decent role in the project. But for right now, uh, the big thing that he should be focused on is just learning. Um, I think that even the management is going to be flawed uh, because what's going to happen is he's going to want to be really aggressive, trying to stick to his timeline and he's going to anger some folks. And so then he's going to have to walk back some things. It's going to disappoint him. Uh, Then Hopefully he's not someone that's thin skinned where, you know, he angers the the sub and then they don't want to work or there's a, a, a tense relationship there. And I've done that. Um, but uh, I think the, the, the challenge in all of this is this is very aggressive in a very uh, unstable time period. And uh, you've got the, the, the key that I didn't even know was going to be um, in, in the midst of all of this is that you have other uh, investors that are doing properties at a similar price point that are going to look much better than his. I, I, now I'm down to 10 or 15 in terms of properties. That's because uh, if, if, if that's going to be the scenario you're under, uh, if you're going to put up, put out a product that is going to look like this is your first one, um, it's going to, it's, it's not going to be pretty. Um, there's going to have to be an excellent salesperson on the other end of this project that makes this look like, makes this look like it's, it's the, the, uh, bell of the ball, which it's not going to be. Um, and I, I, I just think it's going to be, it's just a learning experience and hopefully he just, he just doesn't break even. He just comes out with a little bit of cash that incentivizes him to do it again. Well, so I guess what I would say to that is, um, you know, I, Ultimately, I, 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 I sort of agree with you. I, I don't want to, uh, because obviously as my friend, I know he's got like, he's got visions of grandeur here. Um, and I, I want this to be successful. Delusions. <laughs> visions, visions. Delusions. Um, but no, and I think, I think, I think the, the, for, for, the, for the folks who are out there listening, I think the thing that, you, that is interesting about this business is that uh, there is an uncertainty and unpredictability of every project that you just can't predict. Like I have never, I've only had, uh, you know, I've done thousands of these and I would say the thousands, I probably 1% have come in under budget uh, with no problems. Uh, and so to me, I think when you're buying a home, the reason why um, institutional players 
tend to only buy homes that are sort of 2000 uh, and newer or 2010 and newer uh, is because it really limits your, your problems. And I think, I believe this home was built in like the 1990s. Um, and uh, the person who built it was really focused on the pool, outdoor spaces, more than likely a bachelor. And I just think that uh, you're doing a lot for um, what will likely be uh, only a handful of potential buyers. Because if this house was 3,000 square feet, I would think differently. The one thing that makes me nervous, well, I've said the one thing that makes me nervous probably about five different things, but the thing that the other thing that makes me nervous here is that you're doing all this and at the end of the day, you still have a 1,500 square foot home with a giant pool in the backyard. And um, it's really important to understand that um, pools are not always positives. And uh, no, uh, particularly, and there are a lot of work, particularly in Dallas, right? I mean, if you think about the price point you're at, so you're at, let's say, a two hundred and thirty thousand dollar price point, right? Like, so that's somebody that's probably making a combined income of eighty thousand dollars. Now, yep. you have a pool that takes up your entire backyard, so the cost of running that pool is at least going to be in electricity and water an extra hundred to two hundred dollars a month. Uh, that's assuming that they don't, you know, that they clean it themselves. Uh, you know, so you're going to be in a space where people are going to look at this extra cost and say, "Huh, oh, I don't know if I can swing that, or I don't know if I want to swing that." And then on top of that, you're also going to be having the folks that have children, because again, only fifteen hundred square feet. So you're probably only getting a, a, a starter home type family. Uh, and so, so that's a risk. So even if you, you know, do everything perfect, you still have that selling risk because the pool makes it a little bit of a non-traditional house. So ultimately, when you ask why he got it for 122, I mean, I think we've kind of sussed that out at this point. I think, um, to me, I think that the reason why some of the other flippers in the area didn't didn't jump for this is because even if you are perfect, and let's say let's say a veteran could go in here, get this thing done for uh, $45,000. Uh, and so they're all in it for 160 uh, after what I think is still still a two month uh, situation. Like I don't, I don't think anybody's gonna get this done in five weeks. I think it's still probably a two month project. Um, you know, I, I still think that what would make, give people pause is that unlike everything else in the market, this has something that is going to be eclectic and unique. And so you're going to have to find the right buyer. And I don't necessarily know if the right buyer is going to show up in seven days. I mean, this might be a, uh, a situation where you got a price 5% below market because you have the pool and uh, it's not a premium. So that, that's the thing that makes me nervous. Uh, and so I don't, I don't know, even if you do this perfectly, that you still get 100% success. Yeah. I think one of the things that I just thought about um, – if you're if you're gonna have a potential buyer with small children, you probably should invest in some type of pool cover for this pool. And and I I just honestly for me, this just thinking about it now, um, I would rather take probably uh four thousand dollars worth of soil and a bobcat and just fill it all in. And and be done with the pool the that is, takes care that of that size pool would be eight thousand dollars. 
that's an eight that's an eight thousand dollar pool feel plus another probably two grand for the side. So you'd probably be looking at a, an extra ten grand cost to fill that pool. No, I'm just I'm just throwing grass seed out there. So uh, put me at seven five hundred. <laughs> okay. Put me at seven five hundred. I'm still probably gonna net out a lot cheaper than what he would if he did the right thing, which would be fix the pool, clean the pool uh, so that it's immaculate, and then get some type of pool cover. Um, and and I just that's that's a a huge expense to put into just one element of the house. And not only that, you've got all these other things that could be potential problems. I just, I, I think this is that now it just, it feels worse. I feel like this is a break even project. I feel so, like, I feel like cause, cause if you, if you think about it, you've got, you've got these interest payments and I'd say uh, based on the numbers, he's probably paying what, maybe eight, nine hundred thousand bucks in, in interest a month, mm-hmm. something, something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, so if, if things go sideways and he's in this thing for three months, uh, hopefully he's prepaid one month of interest. So then he'd be on the hook for two months more. So that's another two grand. Um, he could be somewhere near 60. Um, and then heaven forbid the market soften. Uh, then he's got competition. Uh, just, this is, this is right for um, breaking even and just getting an unpaid internship. Yeah, and you know, I'm, I didn't really think about filling the pool. That should have been the first thing that came to my mind because that's what we always do, um, and we always do it for this reason. Honestly, when I think about filling that pool versus the cost of getting that pool to the right place, I think filling the pool would be probably a huge benefit because if you just fill the pool – uh, then you end up with a pretty nice backyard. And now you've got a sizable play space for, you know, young kids. And I think it makes the house a lot more appealing to a lot more people. Uh, so uh, you fill the pool. I- I'm still going to go with side back there just because ultimately uh, it would look a lot better. Um, but yeah, I, I would, I would definitely consider filling the pool. I would actually, now that you mentioned that I'm actually strongly on that side. Uh, and I might even mention it to him, uh, just uh, to see, I know he's got a pretty kind of strong vision of what he wants for the property, but honestly, I do think filling the pool may not be the worst idea. Now, let me ask you a question, um, on when you are, um, um, flipping a property in Texas, is there any type of kind of warranty period that you um, you uh, have to go you're under um, as a as a as a flipper? Like here in California, if if I flip a property, I'm on the hook for anything that goes wrong with that property for the first year that somebody owns it. You know, so, it's funny you mentioned that. I don't know if there's anything that is specifically required. Um, but that being said, a lot of the folks that we have dealt with have certainly provided a one year home warranty, uh, at best, right? Like, so they will, they will spring for a one year home warranty. So that if anything major goes wrong, uh, you're covered. Um, but, uh, I don't believe that there's any kind of a requirement. Okay. All right, cool. So let's throw in a one year home warranty. That's probably three, 400 bucks. So he's fine. I just think that that in in this situation, um, the pool is a detriment. I think 
hopefully the the foundation is shooting. The house just kind of looks like it's on slab. So maybe it's just that uh, in a certain certain place there's some there's been some settling and you've got to address that. So you may have to tear out a little bit of of what you have and and fill it back in. Hopefully it's a very small area, um, but. I just think that they're, they're, these types of projects um, are good for someone that's just starting out because you learn so much uh, within this one project. And if he does it right, if he has like the right taste and, and he can make sure that, that his guys can do quality work, he might be right there with the other competition in the neighborhood. Um, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a pass on that. Uh, but I think this is one of those projects that's definitely going to be like, he's, he's going to be left scratching his head a lot. And I think what will likely happen is he may get 10 grand or break even. I don't think he'll lose, but I think like, and 30 is aggressive now. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, it's funny. The more we talk about it, it's certainly the worse I feel, but, 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 but that being said, um, we'll see. I mean, honestly, we'll see. I am certainly going to be there with him uh, as, as, as often as I can. Uh, again, I, as I mentioned, he's got some fairly strong feelings for what he wants to do. So I'm doing my best to just try to, you know, gently advise, but not not say that, you know, you're doing anything wrong. I'm really just trying to be an advisor. Um, because like you said, I do think that it's his first project and these are his lessons to learn. And I, I would, I'm certainly going to try to steer him certain ways, but... Uh, frankly, I think that if he feels strongly about something, he should do it, and then we'll see how it works out uh, in the end. Um, ultimately, I think. So you. So wait a minute. So yeah. wait a minute. So you're doing this podcast yeah. to help people, yeah. but you're not going to help him. It's not. You're going to no, let no, him. No, 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 let's not say that. I, I did not say I'm not going to help him. I said that I'm going to offer suggestions. I'm going to offer suggestions. But again, I think again, I think he has he has a strong vision. Uh, I am a little late to the game, obviously. Uh, I in this environment, in this environment, you should be slapping him on the hand wherever he steps out of line. Listen. I think you you don't you don't want you don't want your friend to to be in a bad situation right no, now. I, this I is, totally agree this with you. Dire time. I totally agree with you. But here, here, there's, there's a couple of things. This, this, that, this is absolutely <laughs> the wrong time to be a new flipper trying to a property. Right? No. In a competitive neighborhood. Okay. Again. These are things that you and I both know. But at this point, right, we have to deal with the situation in front of us. It's like if your daughter comes home and she's a teenager and she's pregnant, you can't say, well, uh, I told you not to have sex. Like at that point, she's pregnant. That that horse is out of the barn, right? So now we have to deal with the situation as it is. And frankly, I think that uh, buying a house right now is extremely risky. Um, but that being said, I do think that he has an opportunity to make real money here. And so ultimately, as it comes to advising, I'm going to do my best, uh, to hundred percent advise him on every single thing that we've talked about today. Uh, frankly, if you upload the podcast, I will send it to him because, uh, I want him to know that, you know, Hey, this is exactly how I feel about it. And this is exactly where I think things can go right and where things can go wrong. Uh, and I would love for him to get his thoughts on it. But that being said, uh, this is totally his project, uh, and I think that he is a smart, capable dude. And ultimately, I think um, I think that he will make money. Uh, I don't think that he will. I, I likely I, I'm I am nervous about uh, where um, how much he's going to end up spending. I'm nervous about the time frame. 
but I think just given uh, where prices are today, given where but, they're going, but you're not you're not nervous about the market, like you like they, that's another <laughs> another variable. No, I'm, I'm, I'm very mean, nervous like, about the market too. Yes, yeah. I'm nervous about all those things, but when it when it comes to things you can control, right? Like I can't control the market, so I don't worry about that. Uh, all I know is what I can control is the amount of time it takes me to finish the project and the cost of the project and the quality of the project. And so I need all of those things to marry up to something like eight weeks uh, with the project looking like the competition. Uh, and uh, those are things, that, you know, and then we can price it sort of right in line. Uh, so if all those things work out, I'm, I'm very confident that we, he, he, will, he will make some money. Uh, it's just that I think we've, we've, we've all mentioned some very, I think, astute watchouts that I think that we'd all have. And again, I I will certainly, as we kind of go through this, I will talk to him about all these things. But at the end of the day, I can't pick the contractors. I can't um, I can't make the decisions on exactly what he does. All I can do is say what I what I think, and then we'll see what happens. Again, my friend, I want him to do well because if he does well, then you know he can do more of these projects. Maybe we'll do something together. But ultimately, uh, you know, this is a situation where uh, I, I I really want I I really personally think that um, it is his project, and I want to let him run. Um, but at the same time, again, it's just it's like it's like your it's like my 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 three year old son. Like I'm I'm certainly going to let him explore the world, but I would never consider you know letting my son run out in the street and get hit by a bus. Uh, and you know, this guy is his first time. Uh, I've done a thousand of these, so I'll give him the experience that I've done a thousand of. And if he listens, good. And if he doesn't listen, then we'll see what happens. It's just a project. It's just a project. One of hopefully many to come. Okay. Okay. Now, let's, for the record, folks, um, Michael would not be this nice uh, if it were me and I were doing a project. <laughs> Michael would have a lot of a lot of slick stuff to say. And I would have to sit here and take it, but I, I like this different. I would like for the, I, like I would one. like the record to show everyone that when you were doing this new flip project, I, that I said, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I think I think the timing is is a little. Uh, I think the time is a little suspect, but you went ahead and did it anyway, and now you're finishing it at the at the right time. So you were right, but I did give you a warning, just a friendly warning. I, again, I, I'm not. I am certainly not the the knower of all things. I sat here on this very podcast. 30 days ago and said that, you know, disaster was coming in May and May has come and gone and May was great. Uh, and so I clearly don't know everything. Uh, but, but at the same time, I, as, as a friend, I will certainly give warnings where I think they merit warnings. Okay. All right. Well, this is this has been a, a great conversation. I look forward to hearing what happens to this property, and I, I hope that your your friend listens to this podcast and, and heeds the warning about filling in the pool. Uh, but this is for the Real Hayes podcast. This is Vincent Hayes and Michael Cook, and have a good one and stay safe. Thanks, guys. <laughs>